Every time my mind would go there, the Lord would remind me that I'm in a totally different place and I've spent the time to educate and prepare myself in a different way this time and that, you know, that it was going to be, that he was, you know, he's in the details and it's, it's not anything that I'm going to have to worry about. Danielle, welcome to the Birth Journeys podcast. It is my belief that our birth journey has a lasting impact that goes far beyond delivery. It is my hope that through these stories, you would find the insight, tools, and the courage to go on and have your own positive and empowering birth journey. Just as a reminder, any information you hear on this podcast is meant to inform and encourage you on your birth journey and not intended to replace advice from your medical professional. Hi, welcome back to the Birth Journeys podcast. Today we have Jordan on and she's going to be sharing her birth stories with us. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for coming on. Why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about yourself? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to get to to share this story. Um, so my name is Jordan, and I am 29 years old. I'm from Burleson, Texas. Um, my husband and I have been married for four years, and together we have um, four kids, so two bonus from a previous marriage from him, a boy and a girl, and then we have two of our own um and my son James will be three in September, and then I just had Aria about a month ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So where do you like to say that your birth journey begins? Um, probably after my husband and I at the time when we were dating, and I met the kids when they were four and six, so... Uh, but before that, I really didn't want any children. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I wasn't exactly sure, but I felt like I was pretty adamant on not having kids. And then my heart kind of changed after they came into the picture. Um, and so those desires kind of shifted. And it wasn't really until later though that that actually came about because we were together I think for two years before we got married um and I didn't really start wanting to have uh children until like after I think it was 20 2018 it may have been 2019 um and then we my husband and I had conversation while we were on vacation in December of 2019, um, about how it was kind of like one of those things where I'm sorry, I feel like I'm jumping all over the place. Um, it's okay. It's one of those things where um, I felt like you know I wanted my my heart had changed, but it's something that we had talked about at the beginning of our relationship, and we kind of decided like that we weren't going to have kids. And so it was one of those things where mine had changed, but I really hadn't like communicated with that with him, I guess. Um, and so, like I said, in December of 2019, while we were on vacation, it, uh, it just came up in conversation how, you know, he, he thought that maybe it would be a good idea, you know, for us to, to have a baby. And so, 
honestly, I couldn't have been more elated. I was really uh, excited and just happy because, like, you know, I just didn't want to push that on him um, if it's something that he didn't want. But the Lord definitely softened his heart and um, transformed it in that way. So, uh, and, and so in January, obviously, we were, I wasn't using any sort of birth control or anything. So um, I got pregnant right away. I found out I was pregnant in January of 2020. And um, super excited, but also scared. Because when I, I prayed after we had that conversation, I was like, Lord, if this is what you want, then, you know, or if this is, you know, your plan for our lives, like, then just so be it. Like, I'm ready. And then it actually happened. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I didn't mean right now. <laughs> but, uh-huh. but, you know. That's how the Lord works sometimes. So, mm-hmm. anyway, super excited. Uh, my pregnancy went relatively smoothly. Um, I mean, I had, like, a little bit of morning sickness and stuff like that in the beginning. But I, other than that, I wasn't sick a whole lot. Um, I did actually have COVID while I was pregnant, though. Before COVID mm-hmm. was COVID, nobody really knew it was COVID yet, but I'm pretty sure that's what I had. But anyway, mm-hmm. so as far as, like, pregnancy is concerned though the only thing that I had with James was gestational diabetes so I just had to you know monitor my blood sugar and everything else um I did do I did do an OBGYN this time around uh just because I was working before uh I'm trying to think so they I was working, and they let me go in May of 2020, but they let me stay um, to pay for my insurance so that way I could, you know, have him at the hospital without having to change insurances or, or deal with all the mess that comes with that. But they actually let me go during COVID, and so I was able to stay at home with my other two kids who were home, homeschooling or whatever from, from their school um, during COVID, and then... Um, after that, oh God, I'm doing like terrible. My train of thought is horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I had the gestational diabetes, and then just monitored that with diet, and you know tested my sugars, and I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have to do insulin or anything, and so that was relatively smooth, I will say, like as far as you know, nothing bad happened um I did do a lot of like preparation spiritually before I had James just asking like God what he wanted for this birth and and all the things and um so I really felt prepared in that aspect um but I went into and my OBGYN was great like the whole time I mean he wasn't I I totally was okay with him he seemed to um, answer all of my questions or concerns that I had and I was comfortable with him so as far as that's concerned that was good but I went to I went into labor with him um, on a Friday night it was like a around 11 o'clock and so I started timing my contractions shortly after that and I was waiting until they were getting 
I think the hospital was like five minutes apart. Five minutes uh, long for like an hour or something. And so I woke my husband up and we went to the hospital, uh, which was about 20 minutes away from my house. And um, I had a lot of back labor with James, so it was super painful. Lots of pressure and just like, like crazy back pain. Um, so we got to the hospital and we parked the truck and went inside and this was obviously during COVID. So lots of um, guidelines and like what you can do and what you can't do. So basically they admitted me into triage, strapped me up to the, you know, machine that monitors your contractions and my husband was not allowed like in the room at all so I was in triage yeah I was in triage um and obviously at that point time is just kind of like you know it was a 16 hour labor overall but like as far as how long I was in the triage like I don't really know I was just I just knew that I was like laboring through the contractions I was just like laying on the bed or like whatever their little thing that they have in there is um and I wasn't walking around or anything, just listening to some birth declarations and scriptures that I had pre-recorded um, for that purpose, like just when I started labor. Um, they checked me, and I was they, I was a three whenever I got there. And then I guess that they had slowed down during the time that I was there. And they're like, okay, well, we're, we're going to send you home. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, you know, we did do a cervix check, so um, if you do have any bleeding that looks like, you know, period blood, like, come back. And I'm like, okay, you know, so we get in the car, we head back home, and as soon as I got in the shower, or I was fixing, I was using the bathroom, and I was fixing to get in the shower to try to maybe just, like, alleviate some of the pain that I was in, um, the warm water and whatnot. And, um... And then I had, like, a bloody, my bloody show or part of it or something. And I obviously had never had one of those before. So, I mean, I knew it was common for labor. But I, to me, that was my period blood. So I went that. We, I'm, like, told my husband, I'm, like, all right, we got to go back. And so we went that right back to the hospital. I mean, we hadn't even been home, I mean, 10 minutes. So we went oh, back man. up there. <laughs> yeah. So I went back up there and rechecked in and all that stuff and I I told the ladies like at the nurse station I'm like so I was just here you guys told me to come back if this is you know if it, if my blood looks like this and to me it looks like that so I'm back here and they're like well we told you that you might bleed you know whenever um you have a cervix check and a cervix check and I was like yeah and you also told me that um if it looked like period blood, that to come back. So here I am, and I'm like, can you please just put me in a room, and I don't want anybody to touch me. I don't want to be checked. I just want to be in the room, and I just, you know, I, I just want to be here because I'm in labor. <laughs> what, <laughs> whatever, you, whatever you guys are thinking, like, I'm in labor. And they're like, okay, and so they put me in a room, and I don't know how long I was in there. Um, but again, like, I'm not doing a whole lot. I'm just trying to, like, figure out how to get comfortable but I'm like laying down and obviously that's like the worst position that you can labor in but I didn't know all I didn't know all of these things just because I didn't prepare on that side on the physical side of the labor part um anyways and so the 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 hospital's midwife came in and 
she asked me, she's like, honey, why don't you want to be checked? Like, we need to check you to make sure, you know, we got to see, you know, how you're progressing. And I'm like, I, I just, I don't want to be checked because one, it hurts. Um, and two, like, yeah, I just don't, I don't, it hurts. I don't want to be checked. And she says, okay, we'll just roll over on your side and I'm going to check you that way. And it, and it shouldn't be as bad. And so it's totally oh night goodness. and day. Yeah, totally night and day difference, by the way. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, she said, I mean, I was, I didn't feel pushed or anything, but like she did turn me over on my side and like, it was not near as painful, like as it was the first time. So it was like, that was great. I was like, okay. And then she, and then she was like, oh yeah, honey, like you're a five. It's, it's, it's go time. Like we're ready to get your room. And also mind you, like my husband's still just like out, like in the parking lot waiting for me, you know what I mean? So like Mm -hmm. waiting for them to give me a room. So, um, anyways. So, um, she's like, yeah, I could, I think you could do it without an epidural. You're already a five. And I'm like, yeah, white lady, like I'm done. I'm like, this is, <laughs> I'm like, I need some, I need a break. But she did massage my back during a contraction and it did totally kind of like, I wouldn't say it negated it, but it helped, you know, that pain and, mm-hmm. and kind of get your mind off of it. And so, um, yeah, when she was doing that and telling me that, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm going to get one. And so we got upstairs. And then, um, yeah, I'm like, I'm a, I want the epidural. And so I, I got, uh, I got the epidural that went, everything went smoothly with that. I will say, um, I don't know. I was a little bit restless and anxious after I had gotten it. And I guess it was like getting in my system, but like, other than that, um, it was fine. And I obviously had some relief, so I was able to get some rest, um, but of course, that prolonged my labor. It drew it out, you know. So I, I, I basically, at this point, it was probably like four or five in the morning. And then um, when it came time to like push, like I didn't have them until three forty-one in the afternoon the next day. So that was like that was a uh, September twelfth of twenty twenty. Um, but I pretty much just like they would change. We would change positions. Like I would do a peanut ball. Um, and then just change different sides and then they would come in and check me every so often to see where I was at. And then towards the end, when she was checking me, she actually broke my water and I was at a nine. And so they were getting everybody ready for me to start pushing. And, um, honestly, like the pushing process, it was, it was relatively, it was easy like when I look back at it now, like it was easy. It wasn't a whole lot. It wasn't long. They did. They, I don't remember them asking me, like I really don't, but they did, um, they did give me an episiotomy so that I guess I wouldn't tear. So they cut me, which is fine. But like I said, I don't remember if they asked me if they could do that or not. I think they just did it. Um, it's fine. I wasn't, I'm not bothered. And so, um, the only thing that was like, concerning was when she broke my water that he had uh he had potty in there and you know like they say like that's like that you know i mean it's not good if they get it in their lungs Mm -hmm. but he was he was a boy he was born a day before his due date so it's not like he was yeah it was it wasn't she said that it's so common and i didn't know that so i was like okay that's good she's like we're gonna have me we're gonna have an eq standing by so don't you know don't worry about it they're going to be here in the room and they're just going to make sure there's nothing in those lungs right away. And so 
I, de- like I delivered him. I pushed him out. My husband was amazing. He was cheering me on and holding my hand and all the things. And uh, my nurse was great. She was so awesome. Her name was Lacey. Uh, and so after he was delivered, nothing came about. You know, the stuff in his lungs. They put him on my chest, and uh, he was with me. They didn't take him away or anything. Um, and, like, I tried to, you know, get him to, like, latch or breastfeed. or and But, like, when the lactation consultant consultants came in and tried to teach me how to latch, it was just, like, a really weird, aggressive-like way. I don't know how to explain it but basically that was probably the worst experience that I had as far as like trying to get him to latch and and like breastfeeding and starting that process like I just like that was an awful that wasn't that part was awful because like my nipples were so sore by the time I left the hospital and then um, I did pump but but during that time he had already had like donor milk and you know their stomachs are not very big like in the beginning so whatever colostrum that your body's producing it is enough to sustain them until your milk actually comes in but just because like I just didn't know and then also with the gestational diabetes his blood sugar was low so like in the very beginning they gave him a little bit of like sugar water or something to get his numbers up because they were low um and then after that like he had had some donor milk like he asked me and I was just like sure like I don't know if he's getting anything and it just like hurts really bad and I don't feel like it should and so um, by the time I got home and you know, my milk came in and I did use, like, a pump, um, he was already so used to the bottle. And, like, for whatever reason, he just, like, sucked down food like it was no tomorrow. Like, I thought it was normal until I saw somebody else's baby, like, the way that they drank their bottle. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, he drinks so slow. But my, mm-hmm. the James was, James was, like, a, just a little hangry monster. But, mm-hmm. um but I was able to, I, I did pump, and I did try to latch him every so often after the fact. I was able to pump for around three months, and then my supply could not, my supply could not last. Um, yeah, I, I just couldn't keep up with him, and so we had to supplement, and then I just stopped, and I did formula. Um, but everything after that was, just, I mean, it was amazing. Like the whole, the whole thing was amazing. I was, I was really uh, um, happy with the way that the birth went because I went in not having really any expectations because, um, you know, you just don't know. Sometimes the more that you try to like control the birth or, or predict the outcome or plan for it, like the more stress that it can be, and it just doesn't. You know what I mean? It's just not a good thing to do. So the Lord definitely gave me peace about it and everything else. So um, I will say that at the – am I going into too much detail? No. Oh, no, my God. Okay. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, after I had him, it was about like six, six to nine months. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but I started, I started struggling with, like, uh, 
postpartum anxiety. Well, I knew about. I knew I had anxiety, but postpartum anxiety and that really like turned into depression because it depleted me so much of that those those happy chemicals or hormones or whatever. Um, and I didn't really why I didn't really know what was happening. I was taking a lot of like vitamins and supplements, and I'm like, this is fine. This is like a natural way to do things. Like I don't really, you know. Medicine wasn't even on the table. I had had a really bad experience of getting off of another medication that happened like three or four years ago, and so I was scared to try any medication um, after that. Like, I was just like really freaked out. And so, um, but obviously if you don't, if you don't address that and the thoughts just get worse, like it's Mm -hmm. just... You can imagine it's just like a downward spiral, and that's exactly what happened to me. Like, yeah. about is it, it really like started? Like, uh, it was the, to me it was delayed. First of all, so it was delayed. Yeah. Didn't know what was happening, and then I had my own thoughts about the medication, and so like that just created like this perfect storm of where I was just like in this deep dark pit, and I was just convinced like I don't know. It was more, I, I did, I was like so, like that God was, like I was just like this bad person. I know it sounds weird, but like I was just like this horrible mom and like for doing this to my family and this, that, and the other and and just kind of letting Satan get in and just really construe and just twist all this stuff in my mind and I was just being deceived and all the things. So um, I ended up losing, like, a lot of weight. Like, I was dangerous. Like, it it pretty much, like, if you want to put a label on it, it pretty much turned into, like, an eating disorder. Um, and it wasn't necessarily because I, like, was trying to lose weight. It was just, like, the stress of my thought life on top of, you know, not having any of those happy hormones or anything. So... It was like I just lost a ridiculous amount of weight, um, and I ended up having to be admitted into like a like a mental health hospital so that way I could get stabilized on medication. Um, yeah, I was about to say I was a hot mess. I was like eighty pounds. It was really wow. bad. That's crazy. It was really bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely not the high like the highest point in my life and honestly like looking back now I'm so thankful that I'm still here because I just feel like I shouldn't you know I I feel like I shouldn't have survived that Mm -hmm. so I did say I did but yeah I I went into actually two different places but the first place because I was just saying like I was like I I would go like I went to the first place and then I got home and then I wouldn't want to take the medication because like I was convinced that it wasn't going to help I don't know what my I mean, obviously, it's the, it's the chemicals that were imbalanced. Like, I don't know what my problem was. Like, I was just, like, so adamant, like, this is not going to help me. Like, it, this, you know, that this stuff happened with this other medicine, and this is not going to be able to help me. Nobody can help me. Like, I don't know. I was just believing a bunch of lies. One that I was telling myself or and or, you know, lies that the enemy was using to try to keep me in that place. Mm-hmm. Um so anyways, uh, the second place that I stayed in, I was actually, like, committed to getting better. And obviously, they put me on, like, high, like, su- like, super high doses of stuff and, like, three different medications to, like, get me out of this hole. And so this was in July of 2021. No, 
2022. So James James was about to turn two whenever all this was happening. And I kind of just, because I spent like almost a year in that depression, like I just feel like I really wasted a lot of time, you know what I mean, with him. I mean, he was still with me and everything, but like I just feel like I, I, wa- like I wasted that time when he was little like that. But, you know, it's, I mean, it's okay. But, so I stayed in the inpatient place for like 13 days, I think. And then I came home and then I was just, they were having me drink like the protein shakes to help try and gain weight and whatnot and all the things. And I was doing that and continuing my medicine and not, you know, not refusing to not take it. Um, and things started getting better, you know, things were a lot better. And getting there very slowly, um, and then James's birthday rolled around. And by the way, like, this whole time, about a year after James was born, I lost my period entirely. I think it was just, like, the stress, you know, and then, like, me being so thin, uh, my body just, like, couldn't, you know, do its normal functions, I guess you could say, or mm-hmm. it was preserving the energy. And so this whole time I hadn't had a period. Um, and James's birthday came around, so that was like two months after I got out of that place. So I was pretty well established on the medication, and things were starting to balance out. And I was, you know, gaining gaining weight, which was good. Um, I was still very thin. Um, anyway, so my mom came out, and she stayed for 10 days around James's birthday, and then I went back to Florida with her. Uh, for 10 days, and when, when, the day that I came back, which was, like, um, I want to say it was the last day of September, I may have got back on the 1st of October, she was telling me that I needed to be, that my husband and I needed to be careful, um, you know, as I started gaining weight, because I could, I could ovulate and not know it, you know, before I get my period back, (laughs) and so I was like, okay, yeah, you know, got it like that's that's great that's something to think about and um I got home and I just I don't know I can't remember maybe what symptoms that I had I don't know if I had any serious symptoms but I just like had this feeling that I was pregnant but I didn't know why and I was just like there's no way because I haven't even had a period and so um like the day I got back or the day after I got back when I went to the grocery store, I just picked up a pregnancy test, and whenever I got home, um, I took it, and so, um, and I'm like, for sure, you know, it's going to be negative, like, I'm just crazy, you know, I'm just crazy, like, there's no way, and so, um, the two minutes go by, and I, I pick it up, and I'm like, it's most definitely, the two pink lines or whatever one that I got that says pregnant. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, there's no way. It has to be, like, a false positive. And so <laughs> that was, like, you know, the most I, – I couldn't believe it, you know. And yeah. so I'm like wow. – I'm like a, I, mean, I mean, I'm not disappointed, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just, like, in shock. I'm like, okay, this is really weird. Like, is this real? Like, am I <laughs> – you know, like, I'm like, this yeah. cannot be, this can't be possible, and mind you, I'm still very thin at this point, like, I'm still very, very thin, because I'm just starting to gain the way back, and, um, so 
I'm, like, scared to tell my husband because I'm, like, oh, my gosh, like, he's probably going to crap his pants. Like, what the heck? Um, I'm, like, and I'm not going to believe this until I see this little baby on ultrasound, you know, like, tangible. <laughs> it's tangible or blood work or whatever. And so at this point, I, I didn't even know how far along I was because I hadn't had a period. Mm-hmm. I literally had no idea. So I tell him, and he's in just as much disbelief as I am, okay? So we were both in the same boat, and we're kind of like, wow, you know, we didn't expect this. We didn't plan this, and, you know, all the same things we're kind of thinking in our heads. Um, But he's supportive, and he's, you know, he's okay, and I'm okay once I kind of get past the shock of it all. And then I had my first appointment, and I was guessing that I was, like, nine or ten weeks, like, just ballparking. And then when I went in to for them to confirm the pregnancy, I was, I want to say I was, I was 11 weeks and, like, nine or ten days. So I was already almost through this first trimester. Wow. And had no idea. Like, <laughs> wow. I, until that feeling, you know, until I got back from my mom. So that means that I would have gotten pregnant in, like, August. So, like, a month after I got back from the the mental health hospital. So we're like, okay, you know, everything's, all the things are, you know, I was, like, so worried that I was going to miscarry because I was so little, you know, and everything I kind of put my body through during that time. Um, but I had a really... I had a very healthy pregnancy. All the blood work on myself and the baby were completely normal. I did not have gestational diabetes. So, um, and I didn't have any issues gaining weight. So everything went really, really smoothly with um, my second, being pregnant with my second. And uh, we found that we did a gender reveal on Christmas Eve and we found out that um, she was a girl. So, that was super cute and, and fun. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I also spent time, you know, praying about this pregnancy, uh, the second pregnancy, and seeking more of, um, I probably decided, I want to say it was right after we confirmed the pregnancy and I had, like, you know, a due date and all, all of that that I was going to use a midwife. And um, I had a friend from church who had, you know, told me about her experiences and everything else and um, recommended the midwife. And so we had scheduled a consultation with her to talk to her about everything. And keep in mind, like, I did not have... um, so they let me keep the insurance until the end of the year when I had James, but I currently don't have health insurance. And I don't know how most midwives work, but this midwife, she didn't even deal with it, deal with insurance. And so that just seemed like the easier route. That was kind of like what pushed me in that direction. It's not necess- I mean, was I nervous? Yes, just because I hadn't done it before. But at the same time, um, I just kind of felt like it was our best option, and I and I basically have like six to six to seven months to kind of prepare myself mentally, and physically, and emotionally, and spiritually for this process, like for the birth. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, I did that. You know, I 
I have a a girl that I follow on um, social media. I actually found her on YouTube. She's got a, a company or, or a business. It's called A Heavenly Welcome, and she's got like a kingdom birth child, uh, ch- or I don't even know, kingdom birth class, ch- kingdom child birth class, something of that sort. And it basically just goes into detail about what God's heart is for our births, uh, childbirth for as you know, women are concerned and, um, and, and kind of the different things that you can do as far as like the coping, the coping, um, how do I say that? Coping skills, you know, mm-hmm. the, the laboring, like those things, you know, the breathing and the positions and the stretching and all the things. And so, um, and that, and then in that, there's like, she also covers the spiritual side. You know, she encourages you to either use the declar- declarations and the scriptures that she provides in the program, or this is all video. Like, you can do it online, watch it at your own pace, rewatch it, and you have lifetime access to it. So I thought that was really great. Um, so I did that when I was probably like four or five months pregnant. And then as the time got closer, I would go and kind of like re-educate, refresh my memory on the things that she said and the positions, you know, the the laboring positions and stretches and massages and things like that to kind of help me prepare. Um, And then, you know, I, I spent time with the Lord just asking him, you know, what do you want to do through this birth? And um, I actually wrote down what he's what I believe that he spoke hang on just a second I gotta find it I'm gonna say it it was that mostly he wanted to give me the gift of of strength um and that yeah the gift that he wanted to give me was strength and that um that he wanted me to be bold courageous and steadfast and that he wanted his glory to be shown through through me. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of just hung on to that, you know, and any fears that would come up about, you know, anything, you know, whether like coping with the pain or I was, so I was never really afraid of um, like anything happening to me or the baby, like health-wise. Like I wasn't worried about, being sent to the hospital or not going into labor and having to be induced or any of those things. I think my biggest fear was just the not being able to cope with the labor pains just because of what I remembered what my first one was like. Mm-hmm. And every time, every time that I would go, my mind would go there, the Lord would remind me that I'm in a totally different place and I've spent the time to educate and prepare myself in a different way this time and that you know that it was going to be that he was you know he's in the details and it's it's not anything that I'm going to have to worry about Mm. and then on, on the other on the flip side of things my husband was super reluctant and just kind of like you know I don't like this and you know, I support you because, like, this is your choice and this is what you want to do. But, like, he was very clearly freaked out by the entire thing. 
mm-hmm. that about using a midwife and the fact that I wanted to have her at home. He was just like, yeah, no. And I'm like, well, you know, do you want to watch some videos with me to help ease your mind? Like, as far as, like, not necessarily birthing videos, but my midwife recommended a couple about, you know, why not home and and kind of, like, just what that what that entails. And then as far as the midwife is concerned, what kind of qualifications that they have. And so it just puts your mind, I mean, it put my mind at ease. And then just just kind of knowing more information about, about these things and why being at home isn't as scary as maybe everybody else thinks that it is. So, mm-hmm. anyway, and so I asked him if he wanted to watch those videos, you know, with me, and I would watch them again, and he was like, no, I'm good. And I'm like, okay, well, I was going to say knowledge is kind of a way to for you to, to not be fearful, but if you don't want to do that, then that, that's totally fine. And so I, at that point, you know, I kind of personally, like, especially as I drew near towards the end of my, you know, to my due date, I just kind of withdrew a little bit from him and, like, and then thinking in my mind, like, okay, you know, obviously my husband's going to be here, but I don't know if he's going to be the support that I need. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I like, because he's kind of freaked out by it, and, like, I don't need any of that. Like, I need, like, confidence. I need, you know, I need a shirt, you know, I need, I need that, like, rock. And I know that the Lord is my rock, but, like, I'm just, like, I don't need that kind of, that kind of thinking, you know, in the, in yeah. the space, the birthing space. And so I'm, like, talking, you know, and this whole time, I'm really close to my to my grandma and my mom and you know talking about this whole time and my mom is was already planning out on coming out for a month once I had her to help and so I'm like I really would love for you to be here for the birth and I also asked my grandma to be present for the birth and of course they both agreed and were my my mom lives in Florida so she actually drove out here but anyway so, um, I kind of depended on them, you know, I was kind of depending on them being here for, for that spiritual support that I needed and kind of, instead of like leaning on my husband, even though this is like a very, you know, birthing a baby is, is like a very, you know, intimate thing. And I, and I feel that it should be mostly focused on the husband and wife. And I knew that and I felt that, but I was just like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can... I don't know if he can come through, you know what I mean? Like, how I owned out. And so, um, anyways, fast forward to when I when I started to go into, into labor with her. I, uh, it was also, a, it, was a, it was actually a Friday afternoon, the, the weekend of um, Mother's Day this year. So, it was Friday around 1 o'clock. I, I had had a lot of Braxton Hicks leading up to this moment. Like, it were very often, and they were pretty strong. And so, I knew that she was going to come and that she was probably going to be a little bit early because I was 38 weeks whenever I had her. So, um, anyways, so I went into, uh, I started, like, early, early labor contractions a Friday around 1 o'clock. And I texted my midwife and kind of let her know, like, hey, I'm having a little bit of bleeding, you know, um, 
my husband and I, we did have, you know, we did have sex last night, but, you know, I didn't even bleed after that. I'm, it's one o'clock today and I'm just now bleeding. And she said, great, you know, it could be something, it could be nothing, just get some rest or try to. And I'm like, okay. And so, uh, and at this point I'm having, I'm having real contractions, but they're, you know, they're very manageable and I can continue on about my day doing whatever it is that I'm doing. And I just, you know, I'll have them and it's fine. You just continue on. Um, anyway, so Friday, it just kind of continues on and off Friday and into the night. I didn't sleep really well. Sometimes some of the contractions were waking me up, so I didn't sleep a whole lot. And then I was able to fall asleep, thankfully, later, um, to rest through them. And then they continued on throughout Saturday. They were, they were not, they were, they were pretty, how do I say this? They weren't necessarily consistent in timing, but they weren't going away. So they continued. It didn't, it wasn't just, you know, oh, just kidding. You know, I definitely knew that we were, you know, that was a thing. And I had asked my parents if there was any way that they could come and get James. Um, just so that if I did go into labor with him, with her Saturday, that he wasn't, he wasn't here, and we could, and I could just, you know, focus on what I was doing, and um, my friend ended up coming, like, she, we had already planned it, she came over to help meal prep postpartum freezer meals, and put a, put a changing table and a dresser together that we had been planning, so we did, you know, I was still having contractions, but we, we did all of that on Saturday, <laughs> and she, and she was here, you know, from, like, noon to eight or nine o'clock at night, and at this point, I was kind of having to, like, stop what I was doing and, like, breathe a little bit during the contractions. And so I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, this is happening. And so she left, and then I went to sleep that night, or I tried to. And, again, just, oh, my gosh, like, my contractions were waking me up out of my sleep, and they are obviously painful even more so when you lay down. So I could not sleep for more than 30 minutes an hour at a time so that was you know that was interesting so I was kind of like okay so um seven o'clock Sunday morning rolls around and I text my midwife I'm like hey so like I'm still having contractions but you know I can't sleep so I'm like what do I do you know it's been two days almost two days at this point like what do I do and so she's like, you can take some Benadryl um, to maybe, like, just help calm everything down just so you can get some rest. And if you want to, you know, we can do a cervix check. You can come up here and do a cervix check. Um, but let me talk with my family. You know, it's Mother's Day. Let me see what they have planned, and I'll get back with you. And I was like, okay. So my husband went and ran to the store and got me some Benadryl, and I took it. And, yes, it made me very sleepy, but the – the contractions were still doing the same thing. Mm. So not only was I very groggy and, oh, no. and tired, <laughs> like they were continuing on like just as much as they were before. And so mm. I'm like, okay. So at this point it's like 1130 um, on Sunday morning. And I'm like, okay, well, laying down is obviously not doing anything for me. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to get up. And so I got up and, 
I did a lot. I did a lot of baths, just short baths, just get in the bath. And also, my plan, my the birthing plan was to for her to bring a birthing pool, the midwife, and for me to have a water birth. That was like the plan. Um, and so and then they don't come and set that up until later. And so I was just like, well, I'll just you know, I'll get in the bath in our bathtub and do whatever. Just kind of makes me comfortable. Walk around, stretch. And, kind of work through these contractions, and then I, uh, reached, my midwife reached out to me, um, again, saying, hey, we just got home from church, if you still want a cervix check, like, you can go ahead and come, and at that point, I started losing my peace about it, which I did not, I didn't really care in the morning when I first woke up, because I was like, I'm ready to just know where I'm at, you know, no big deal, and, um, I just, I don't know, I just was losing my peace about it. And so my mind was kind of in this place of where should I go, should I not go? And then I think about being in the car with during a contraction, and I remembered how that was with James, and that hurt really bad. I'm like, no thanks. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. I was say, and also I will add that I did go to, I went to the chiropractor um, the last, like, two to three months of my pregnancy, and I feel like that made a world of difference as far as mm. the birth, the birth that itself went, you know, as far as the smooth, the smooth labor, um, and delivery. So anyways, um, I was, and then there was like another decision that I had to make about whether or not my parents were going to bring my son home because it was mother's day and I wanted to see him, but I also was, you know, I'm like having contractions and like, I don't know. My mind was just in this place of where I was like, I don't know what to do, and so I, I'm like, tell my husband, I'm like, Christopher, I need you to, I need you to come just talk these things out with me, I'm having a hard time making decisions right now, and I don't know what my problem is, but can you just help me, <laughs> and he was like, yes, what's up, and so we talked about whether my son was going to, our son was going to come home, and we figured out that, and then we talked through the cervix check, and I, and he's like, you know what, what do you benefit from that, and I'm like, honestly, like, other than just knowing where, where I'm at, that's the only thing that is really going to tell us because it's not yeah. going to tell me what I, it's not going to tell me what I really want to know is like how much longer. That's yep. really what I want to know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's what I really want to know is how much longer, you know, how far do I have to go? And like, that's not like, even if I knew how far I was dilated, like it didn't matter. Like that's still not going to tell me that. And he's like, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to know where you're at, but like, I don't know what a contraction feels like. And, you know, I know that, and I knew that when when you get from James, when you get checked, sometimes it puts you, you know, puts them more in rhythm. You know, they they're stronger and harder because you're messing with stuff. You're you're interfering whenever you get those cervix those cervix checks. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, and so yeah, I prayed about it before I talked to my husband and. Like, I don't know what those feel like, but I definitely don't want it to put you in a position to where, you know, they're going to make it stronger or whatever if you're not ready for it. And I was like, yeah, okay. So we, so I texted my midwife. I was like, hey, um, my contractions have been, uh, they've been ramping up in the last 30 minutes. I'm not going to get the cervix check. I'm going to, if this continues the way that it does, you know, I'm going to start timing the contractions and then I'll let you know. Like, I'll, I'll get back with you. And she said, okay. And so and so here's where things, as far as 
I, I don't really know exactly what happened, but, like, I was under the impression with the information that my midwife had given me as far as, like, when she needs to come is, like, when you're having contractions that are four minutes apart, they're one minute long for an hour. That's mm-hmm. the pretty, the 411 rule. So I assumed whenever I told her that I was in this, at that place, that she would just automatically come, you know? So mm-hmm. that, that that's just like a, pre, a preface, like, to, to what everything else that's about to happen. And so I told her that I would time my contractions, and I did. I had my husband start timing them, and they were, like, four minutes and 16 seconds apart for an hour or whatever. And um, so I told her that. I'm like, hey, they're, like, they're like this far apart, um, you know, like just letting you know. And she was asking me questions. She's like, well, you know, can you, she's like, that's awesome. Can you, are you able to talk and eat? So I just assumed she meant through contractions or in general. And I'm like, yes, I mean, I do get nauseous during some of the contractions, but yes, I can still eat and yes, I can still talk. Is she fussy? Is she ready to eat? Okay, I was going to say, I put more diapers in the, you have to go to the bedroom to get more diapers, he's not out here. Um, anyways, and so she just replied back, like, awesome, like, great job, and I'm like, okay, like, she doesn't seem concerned, you know, why should I be concerned? Um, and concerned as in being, like, it's time for her to come, like, not that mm-hmm. anything's wrong. Um, so, and then a little bit of time passed and I started feeling like maybe some of my, like my water, like my water was leaking, like from the amniotic fluid, like, like there was like a little tear and I was just kind of leaking some of it. It wasn't like a big gush or anything, but, um, so I texted her that I'm like, Hey, like, so this is happening. I don't really know, you know, what that means, you know, I don't know what that means or or whatever, and at this point, I'm not really uh, timing contractions like I was, but they're they're more frequent and they're stronger. So I mean, and I can tell that just by the way that it feels. And she's like, you know, well, are you are you wearing are you wearing any pads? Are you soaking through them? And I'm like, well, I was wearing one. Um, whenever I was having like my bloody show, but I'm not wearing one at the moment, but like, yes, my, my, my pants are, you know, soaked. And she's like, oh, well, it's just, it's probably just mucus or something like that. And I was like, okay. And so at this point, I'm pretty sure I was already in active labor close to transition because like I said, they were getting really close together and stronger. And my grandma shows up. My husband's here. He's helping me labor through the contractions, you know, rubbing my back or just, you know, being there, being that support, which he, was, he did great, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. um, and my, my grandma got here. I don't even know what time it was. It was probably like three or four. Uh, I don't know. But um, my grandma got here and just laboring and laboring through contractions. And my dad calls my grandma. <laughs> and my dad 
asks her if anybody if the midwife is there and if anybody's called the midwife and she's like no not no and um she my dad said well he heard me labor through a contraction and was like she needs to call the midwife when she's done with that one (laughs) so I called her and I and I was like hey so you know like when did you like you know like when were you gonna come you know um or just something along those lines like and she's like uh well she's like well you know I'm all packed up I'm ready to go I'm I, you just say the word, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, you've been waiting on me to tell you to come." Oh. I'm like, "I'm like, okay, well, I thought, you, like, I was just giving you all of these updates so, like, you would know, like, when to come, because I feel like you would know." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, whatever, that's fine. Yes, please come." You know, at this point, it's like I think when I called her, it was like five twelve in the afternoon, and so I called, you know, I called her, and she's like, okay, I'll, I'm getting all my stuff, or, you know, everything's already packed up, I'll, I'll be there, and I'm like, okay, cool, and so at this point, um, very, very strong, I, at this point, I think I'm pretty sure I'm in transition, and at the point of pushing, and I am kind of walking around, and just, just doing these things, and i I have, like, a small urge to push, you know, and I'm, like, telling my husband, I'm, like, hey, I think, you know, I think, I think I'm going to have to push soon, and he's, like, no, don't do that, and I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, like, okay, well, you know, I'm just letting you know, you know, no big deal, and so I'm kind of walking around between uh, contractions, and I come over by our fireplace, and we have, like, a brick seating area in front of it and so I have my leg up on that and I'm just kind of stretching during um, a a contraction and again just feeling that pressure and that urge to like push and when I did it was like I don't it's probably my water or part of the water part of it came out and I was like I don't know what that was it wasn't the baby I'm like but I need to push he's like you he's like no, just wait until Molly gets here. You're like, we need to wait until Molly gets here to check you. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I need a push. And he's like, he's like, oh my god. Okay, well, get off the carpet. Get off the carpet. Um, and and he's like, I'm gonna pick you up and carry you. And I'm like, no, you're not. I'm like, don't you pick me up. And he's like, well, come over here. And at this point, like, I'm almost, I, I'm almost crowning with the baby. Wow. So, um. <laughs> You know, they got my pants off, or I don't know who took them off. Somebody took them off because I didn't have them on anymore because I was wearing shorts. Um, and I was like, don't recommend walking while crowning. That hurts. Oh, so gosh, if you don't have to, if you don't, if you don't have to do that, don't recommend it. Mm. Um, so we like I hobble. It was like five feet. I don't had to hobble with five feet, but that was like, I don't know. That was more painful than a contraction. Anyways. So I hobble over there, and I'm like, I need a chair. And so he tries to bring me, like, this rolly chair that we have, like, for my desk. And I'm like, no, I need something stable. I'm like, I, I need something stable. And uh, that doesn't roll around. And so he he's, like, yelling at my grandma. Uh, Manager, hey, call the midwife again. And so my phone's plugged in over there in the kitchen, and she's like, what's you know, I'm telling him I need a real chair, and so he goes in the kitchen to get the chair, and she's like, "How do you get into her phone?" And so he's like trying, to, she's trying to get in my phone to the password, 
and I finally get into it, and they start calling, and I forgot that I had my headset on because I was listening to praise and worship music, so they start dialing on my headset, and so I turn my headset off so they can actually talk to her, and all of this time, like, I'm telling you, this baby, like, she's coming. Like, her head is fixing to come out, and so I'm like, you know, Christopher, I need the chair, and I need it now. Like, I need it right now, and so he comes over here and gets the chair, and I... And he's like, okay, you got to sit. And he, like, looks down, which I'm pretty sure I already knew at this point the baby was out. He's like, you got to sit. And he's like, oh, my God, her head's out. No, you can't sit. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I know. And he's like, Molly, the head is here. What do I do? He's like, Aww. what do I do? He's like, you know, seriously, like, big freak out mode. But, like, I totally understand. And, and me, like, I'm kind of docile. Like, I just have God's peace, okay? Like, I, I'm totally, like, in this place of where... I'm good. We just need to. I'm the only thing I'm worried about is him catching her because I'm standing up and I'm not laying down to deliver her, and that's just the way that I want to deliver her. So that's just what we're doing. And so he's like, "Okay, well you're gonna have to push again." And I'm like, "I know, but I just I need you to catch her." Like I, the heads are in my mind. At some of the stuff I don't even know if I said it, but it was in my mind. Her head was out, so I already knew the hardest part was done. So everything else was going to be easy to get her out. And so I just did another little small push, and she came out what felt like a football. You know what I mean? She was just like, whew. And he, he caught her. And then um, obviously after being, you know, stunned by that, you know, we, we you know he looks down, and we look down, and we realize the cord is wrapped around her neck twice. And not only that, it's up in between her legs over her shoulder. So oh, she's wow. like all wrapped up and tangled in it and and she's not crying she's not her eyes are open and she's got little bubbles coming out of her mouth but she's not making a noise and so I'm I'm you know Chris was like we got to get this unwrapped and I'm like yeah so and I just I kept saying she's okay she's okay she's okay and the midwife saying you know um you know, rubber feet, pat her back, get her angry, you know, like, don't be afraid to be a little rough to get her to cry, right, and none of those things were working, and, and, I mean, I, I, we didn't know if she was breathing, but, like, at the same time, there wasn't really any signs other than her not making any noise that she wasn't, and so she, when the midwife told me to look at her chest to see if it was rising and falling, um, and it was, and so she was breathing, she just didn't make any noise, she didn't mm. cry at all whenever she came out. So, wow. um, so uh, you know, and then four minutes later, Molly, the midwife showed up and did all the things, you know, uh, taking care of me and the baby, delivered the placenta. Um, I did, I did tear where they cut me for the episiotomy. Like mm. she said, it was a clean, it was a clean tear. I, I didn't tear any more. I didn't tear any less. I literally t- tore where they cut me. So she gave me sutures and all that and everything. Um, made sure the baby was good before all of that and that I was good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I delivered I delivered Aria in the middle of our living room on on not on a chair, but I used a chair. The birthing pool did not happen. We did not have time for that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so how long was, was your labor then in total? I have no idea. I mean, if you <laughs> want to count the days, if you want to count the days prior, like 
that would be really long, but I feel like maybe the time that I was actually in active labor, I would say from like 11.30 on Sunday, maybe 12 on Sunday, to 5.50 p.m. is when I had her. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, I mean, and honestly, like, you know, my husband was, it was, it was really good because, you know, like I said, I kind of was in a place of where I was like, I don't know if he's going to be what I need, you know? And my mom didn't, she was already planning on coming out on a set date. She was going to come a week early before the baby was supposed to be born. Mm-hmm. And she didn't make it out. So it was just, it was my grandma, myself, and then my husband that were actually present for the birth. Um, but he he did amazing. He did great. And um, after the fact, like after we talked about it the next day, he was like, he showed me a text message that he had sent to our small group um, in our, in our church that we had just got done doing. Yeah. Hang on just a second. I'm going to have to eat. Yeah. Um, I'm going to find, I'm going to find what he said. And my husband and I, like we're, he does believe in God and he is, you know, he is, um, on his own spiritual journey, but I know that we're like in totally different places as far as where our trust in him lies. So whenever he said that, whenever he showed me this and sent it to me, I was just totally like, I was totally in awe and like also just like, like that's all I needed. You know what I mean? Like I know that this birth was like about me and like, knowing that God would give me the strength to do it naturally, I mean, in all the things, but also that he helped me to not put my trust in Christopher, but to put it in him, that he that he would do everything that he needed to be what I needed. Mm-hmm. And so this, hello, this text message says, in that moment, Jordan had a column that I only heard my war buddies describe. It was like God took over Jordan and used her to get me to focus on what I was doing. It was crazy and scary and awesome. I can't even really describe what happened correctly. (laughs) So, like, for me, knowing, like, my husband doesn't really talk like that. Like, he doesn't Mm -hmm. talk about, like, what he feels like God's telling him or not telling him or... And whatnot, I just really was like so grateful that I that I got that he told me, you know, that I got to hear that because in the moment, yeah. in the moment, I knew that I had God's peace. Like I was just totally docile. Like I was good. Like yes, we were. I was con- like I said, the biggest concern that I had was making sure she would didn't fall on the floor. Like I, that's the only concern that I had. But um, it was just so awesome. To just get to be a part of that, and and in the moment you just don't even know, you know he's mm-hmm. having his own encounter with the yeah. Lord. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's beautiful. I love that. <sighs> so, what about feeding this time? Were you able to breastfeed, or did you have to bottle feed again? No. So I was I 
I she lost right away, and we have not had the same issues that I had with James. It's been a total night and day difference. So I'm so grateful for that. Mm. No, that's good. It's funny how some babies just get it right away and other babies kind of can struggle. <laughs> but I wonder if like the, I'm sure probably also with you having the gestational diabetes and his low blood sugar and having to have those interventions probably played a part in it too. For sure. Well, that's good. That's, it's always a blessing when, when you can just have an easier, <laughs> easier time with it. Cause it's like, there's all these adjustment happen adjustments happening. And then to have like a struggle with breastfeeding on top of it is always just an added stress that no one really wants to have. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I was just like, I mean, I wasn't necessarily like devastated about the latch issue. I was just devastated that like I couldn't continue, mm-hmm. you know, and that my supply was low and it would never keep yeah. up with him. And then, you know, then stress, like, lowers your supply. So, it was like, this was like this vicious cycle. Like, uh, yeah. it, it was so, it was saddening for me because I, that's just really what I wanted. So, I mean, but mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what about, you had mentioned when you were going through all of your depression stuff, um, and then you said that you were on, like, heavy doses of medication. Were you on medication then when you got pregnant again, and did you continue it through your pregnancy, or what did that look like? Okay, so, yes, I was on the medication when I got pregnant, and then after I found out I was pregnant, they suggested that I um, stop two of the three that I was on, Mm -hmm. because I I take Zoloft daily, and that's been deemed safe during pregnancy so I continued the Zoloft and then I weaned off of the other two that I was on um Mm -hmm. over a period of time because it was still you know it was still early I was like three almost three months in when I found out and so I was off of I was off of them before I ever had her Mm -hmm. so I just went down and down on the dosage, yeah. Mm -hmm. So then how did you feel during that pregnancy? Did you struggle with any sort of, like, depression during the pregnancy? Or do you feel like you were pretty good? Or was the the Zoloft just help you stay in a good mental state? I would say, like, I think the Zoloft counter... I mean, I did have some... Like, I did... I could tell when I was going down on the other stuff, so that's why I did it really slow. Mm-hmm. But being able to have that the Zoloft really, you know, was was um, helpful in kind of like buffering that out. And then my midwife also gave me a few like herbal things that I could do to kind of help with like mm-hmm. that, like I said, like a buffer. To kind of help okay. me, but like as far as the pregnancy went, like I don't feel like I was de- I don't feel like I was depressed. I mean, there would be things that I would be anxious about, you know. But I feel like that was just pretty normal, yeah. considering where where I was at when I got pregnant. Like I was just really thin. I had like normal fears. So. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel now, being four months postpartum? How are you doing mentally? Um, I, I'm good and I'm actually only a month postpartum. Oh, so, yeah. 
Sorry. No, you're good. I just wanted to clarify that. No, I so think I'm, I was, uh, did I say four months? I think I meant to say four weeks. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. Um, so I feel like I, I am okay, but I do have to like, because I'm aware of what the postpartum like anxiety and depression looks like now. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like I am aware of the thoughts that like can trigger me to go down that rabbit mm-hmm. hole. Um, so they come, but it's just more of like for me. For me, this time it's just thoughts of like overwhelm. Like, hey, my toddler needs to go to the bathroom, but I'm nursing and I don't want to just like take her off of me. And, you know, my mom's been here for the last month, which has been amazing uh, mm. for my mental health. Yeah, that's a and, blessing. I would say, yeah, for my mental health and just for every every aspect, you know, keeping the house clean and feeding my son whenever I can, feeding me whenever I'm, you know, nursing and whatnot if I need help. Um, but I, I feel like just thinking about, like, oh, my gosh, when she leaves, like, how am I going to do this? Like, stuff like that, I just have to keep my mind from going to those places and not dwell mm-hmm. on those thoughts because it doesn't really do it. You know, it doesn't really do anything good for you. Because, yeah. like, worrying about tomorrow is, like, God gives you grace for today. He doesn't mm-hmm. give you grace to worry about tomorrow. So this coming back to those scriptural truths helps me a lot as well. But I feel like you know, I'm in a much better place because I'm aware of some of the the signs and the and the thoughts and things mm-hmm. that put me in that place. So so far yeah. so good. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I had really bad postpartum depression and anxiety with my second baby, so um thankfully I haven't had it again, but um it once you go through it you can kind of recognize like you know the yeah the things that might be the signs that it's starting to come again and and stuff so yeah hopefully you you're able to not have to deal with that again because it's so hard <laughs> it it can just get so hard and dark and it just feels so unfair that um that us as moms have to go through that when we have babies to take care of <laughs> Right. I yeah. yeah, I totally agree. I mean and yeah, I have yeah, my heart definitely goes out to I mean not just I mean yes mama yes mamas, but just all women who struggle Yeah. With their mental health because I have literally been through the ringer. So mm-hmm. I I'm super grateful for the opportunity to to share it. You know, and mm-hmm. hopefully it's an encouragement to others that, yeah. you know, and, and, and every, in many aspects, you know, mm-hmm. whether they've been through mental health struggles or breastfeeding struggles or, you know, even struggles with their spouse and where they're at with God, you know, it's just kind of like, I hope, I hope this reaches who exactly, which I shouldn't say I hope, I know that it will reach exactly who it needs to. So I'm, I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just wanted to, um, before we wrap up, I did want to um, bring up something you had said in your first birth. Um, 
about the how you said the midwife wanted to check you and you said no and then she said like well then we won't know where you're at and then like had you roll over and whatever you said you didn't feel pushed but I just wanted to say like for anyone listening that um may have you know come into a similar um circumstance um that if you don't want to be checked and you say no, um, if somebody's like trying to like convince you otherwise, like no is a complete sentence and you don't have to, um, give into that. Like, I'm glad you didn't like feel forced or pushed, you know, like you ultimately consented, but, um, I just feel like, you know, consent is so important, um, especially like in the birthing space. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to kind of like, kind of say, you know, just for anyone listening that may be in a similar predicament, um, in the future that, you know, if you don't want to be checked during labor, you don't have to be. And, um, if, you know, your medical providers are trying to push for it when it's not something that you want, um, that it's perfectly fine to stand your ground and say, no, like, that's not what I want. And, and I don't consent, and if they treat you differently, you can ask for another provider or another nurse or um, whatever. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to in birth, <laughs> even if they're going to try to make you feel like you do. Um, but I just wanted to kind of circle back to that for a second because it's something I kind of feel strongly about. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, totally yeah. understand. Yeah, no, she, I didn't... She, I didn't feel like she was forcing me. So yeah, that's it, it's good. okay. Yeah. I was saying, like I said, once she had me roll over on my side, it was totally night and day difference. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing that I will say that bothered me about going the, I mean, I don't know if this is everybody's experience with their OBGYN, but um, my doctor that I had spent, you know, nine months establishing a relationship with while I was pregnant with my son, that was not the doctor who delivered. James. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> that happened to me too. <laughs> I don't. I did not like. I mean, like in the oh. moment, like again, I had got no expectations. I had God's peace, yeah. but I I was really frustrated with the fact that you know you're taking care of me this whole time, and then I go into labor, and you're not the one that's delivering the baby. Like, mm -hmm. don't like that. But that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, that ha that happened to me too, and um, yeah, it's it's really it really stinks when that happens because, um, like you said, you plan for this person to be at your birth, and then it's right. not them, and it's kind of like what the heck? <laughs> yeah, you're like this is no, this yeah. is no no. Like I don't know, yeah. it's just it's just really weird. Like it's like you know, oh well, they're not on call, so sorry. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Shoot. I'm like, oh, okay. <sighs> oh man. So, um, anyways, as far as um resources planning for your birth, you mentioned the a heavenly welcome kingdom childbirth class, um, and you mentioned something else. Shoot, it's escaping me right now. Was there anything there else that YouTube? you used? Uh, oh yeah. Was yes. There, yeah. I like think her so. YouTube, her YouTube channel has got some videos on there. Um. I, I also used some of those videos for James as well. But okay. I actually took the Kingdom Birth Child class, which I did not with James. I took it when I was pregnant with Aria. Mm -hmm. So okay. um, 
but yeah, she's I was gonna say she's got she's got an Instagram. She's more active on Instagram, and all of her information is there um, as okay. far as like the website and then getting access to the class and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then YouTube is YouTube is good too, but she's a lot more active on Instagram. Okay. All right. Did you have YouTube. any other resources that you used besides that one? Um, I, let's see, I did, I did use this, this lady on, on, uh, in, on, Instagram, on YouTube for, like, pregnancy stretches that really helped me with, like, Russell Flex, and I'm sure it helped to open me up for delivery, too, mm. so, um, yeah. We can we can just put put the information in the show notes and then if um anyone wants to look it up they can look on the episode. Yeah. And then always my last question is um if there was one thing that you would want to say to a first-time mom, like a one piece of advice that you feel like she should really know before going into her first um birth, what's something that you would want to say to her? Um, probably one just to give, to take all of your expectations and give them to the Lord Mm -hmm. for every aspect, you know, whether that is like your pregnancy, um, your labor, your delivery, postpartum, like everything. And, um, secondly, that it's it's okay if you can't get everything done, like, after you have the baby. If things Mm -hmm. are just kind of, like, disheveled, you know, things just feel like they're, yeah, like, that it's okay. And it won't always be that way, but to take the time to to be present with your baby and, and really bond and not, cause all that stuff will always be there to do, but your baby won't ever be a month old or mm. six weeks old again or yes. whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like all, you're yep. always going to have laundry and dishes and things like that, but you're never going to get this time back with your baby. So don't spend mm-hmm. your time stressing about that. Um, yes, that's good advice. Yeah, totally. As I was saying, yeah. Cool. Well, man, thank you so much for sharing your stories. And, um, you know, that second story was beautiful. I just love how, you know, God gave you a word for your birth and how you got to watch it play out. And now you have that testimony of what he what he did through that and for his glory to be shown. And, you know, the story about your husband and yeah, it's just beautiful. And thank you for sharing about your um also your mental health struggles as well. Um, that's something that I think can really encourage other women and, you know, just to know that, you know, the ones that are struggling with it too, that they're not alone in it. And, um, sometimes, you know, you do need more intervention and that's okay. That's not anything to be ashamed of, or, you know, you really, your, your mental health is so important to take care of and, um, I'm glad that you were able to get the help you needed. Um, 
and also have that testimony to share as well. Yeah, I was going to say, it's definitely, yeah, it's not a walk in the park, but it's it's very real, and it does happen, and if you don't know, if you don't know, then you, I don't know, yeah, it's not going to save somebody else from going through that, and then at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm still a really good mom, you know, yes, even, yes, even totally. through that, I was a good mom, like, I mean, did mm-hmm. so I delay some of my own healing and things like that because I was because of fear and things like that but yeah but it's it's all part of the process you know you got to learn sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. I learned the hard way unfortunately mm-hmm. well I'm glad that you're hopefully on the other side of it and yes. hopefully you yeah you're able to not have to deal with that again <laughs> yeah I'm hoping the same too well, thank you again for coming on and sharing your stories. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. I'm going to be like sharing sharing it with my friends on social media whenever you release it. So I'm excited. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you were encouraged in some way through this story. As a reminder, please rate and review our podcast and you can connect with us on social media at birth journeys podcast for more information or to share your own story please visit birthjourneyspodcast.com and fill out the brief questionnaire see you next time